So we'd be in the changing rooms with my friends and then I'd hear like my friends saying, oh, I wish I was a bit taller or, you know, as awful as it is, I wish I was a bit slimmer or I wish I was this, I wish I was that because the clothes weren't fitting to them. So this is all going on in my head. And I just kind of thought in that moment, like, I don't want any young girl or any woman to ever feel like she has to change herself to fit into clothing. And I think it was just one night when I was like going to sleep, you know, when you're just thinking about things. And then I had the idea for the dress. It was kind of like, I guess they call it a light bulb moment with entrepreneurs or anybody really. So then I grabbed like my Harry Potter notebook, which my best friend Heather from school had got me for my 14th birthday. And I just scribbled the dress down and that was it really. And then I told you, didn't I, Laura? And then we were like, why has no one done it before? Like, we need to do this. Hello and welcome to the Women of the Future podcast, a podcast made in collaboration with the Women of the Future programme, a platform built to unlock a culture of kindness and collaboration among leaders, as well as support and celebrate the successes of women. I'm Kim Rowell and I won the media category at their awards in 2018 in recognition of my continued work as a commissioner, producer and children's author, particularly within the mental health remit. I'll be talking to my guests on this podcast about their careers, who or what gave them their first big break, their successes, failures and inspirations along the way, and how they came to be a part of the Women of the Future Network. Rachel and Laura Beattie grew up in the suburbs of Manchester. Keen to marry up her two loves of maths and art, and closely influenced by their seamstress Nana Teresa, Rachel came up with the idea for Caro when she was just 14 years old, jotting down the idea in her beloved Harry Potter notebook. Having always loved clothes, Rachel could clearly remember moments in her life by what she and others were wearing, how special the clothes made her feel, and how each outfit was carefully constructed to tell a story. Created as luxury ethical fashion, Caro garments contain a hidden zip to enable the wearer to mix and match their clothes for different style and size combinations. Developing their brand to be all about equality and diversity, the pair want Caro clothes to be representative of this. As well as being young ambassadors for the Prince's Trust and shortlisted in the entrepreneur category at the Women of the Future Awards in 2019, Laura and Rachel have also recently launched their Closer Through Kindness campaign, intending to bring people closer together during the coronavirus pandemic. Laura and I, we grew up in a place called Stratford, which is in Manchester. It's basically, I'm sure everyone will know, like Old Trafford, which is Manchester United's ground. So it's kind of like an inner city town, little town, isn't it's it? It's like a suburb inner city. It's like in between. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we still live there now, so we live at home still now as we're running the business and we save money as well, which is nice. <laughs> got the dogs. Yeah, got the dogs as well. <laughs> so we've always lived in Stratford and went to school, like primary school there. We went to the same primary school, mm-hmm. didn't we? But there's seven years between us, so... When I was going into reception, Laura was going into year six, so we only got a year overlap, didn't yeah. we? And then we were lucky enough to go to Loretto Grammar School, which is based in Altrincham. And I think that's really where we kind of learn a lot of the values which we hold really dear today. Yeah. So it was an all-girls school. If anyone's gone to an all-girls school, I surely know what it's like. So you make the most amazing friends there, and it was very much focused on maths and science. I'll talk about that in a bit. But our mum worked in the city councils and our dad works in IT. He's one of these people that we don't really, <laughs> really know what to do. But kind of running a business was never really spoken about, was it? It was very yeah. 
very much like oh I don't really know about running a running a business it's quite scary so it was something that never really entered our heads really and our nana and granddad came over from southern Ireland um when they were 18 and our nana grew up she started working in a factory actually um since she was 14 so obviously it's a very different world now and that's kind of where the inspiration came from so it was our mum's mum our nana Teresa, and she taught us all about dressmaking and the importance of making sure you reuse fabric and the importance of fitting dresses to every woman so that was kind of our upbringing wasn't yeah. it I covered everything yeah <laughs> um, and then we kind of went on me and Laura were the first generation if you like of our family to go to university so we both went locally in Manchester and I think we're kind of looking away because I think we're able to focus on the business while we're at uni but it's all been quite local really hasn't yeah. it and very much yeah I just say very normal upbringing they're just the two of you yeah, it's yeah. just the two of us. Yeah, yeah, just the two of us. Everyone thinks we're twins, <laughs> don't we? But um, I'm the younger ones. <laughs> don't know about that. <laughs> and you said there's, there's a seven-year age gap between the two of you. Yeah. So I'm 31 now, and you're coming up to 25, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, six and a half. Let's get the maths right. <laughs> a part of what comes across, and from everything that I've seen that you guys do, is just how close you are, and you just obviously you describe each other as best friends, and now you're also business partners. Do you think that was something that was always going to happen? Have you always had a great relationship? Is it something that's? I mean, it sounds like you're very family orientated as well. <laughs> I don't know. Depends which one you ask. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, no, we have all. We are always been very close. I think we've got closer as we've got older would yeah, you agree Laura absolutely but you can talk about this bit <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no we have always been really close and I think even though there is an age gap we've always because we always used to sit in the living room together and we still yeah. do now to be fair and I think as we have grown older we have just become even closer obviously we do have our tiffs and everything but yeah I think the positive being this is that you can say what you want get over it and then move on so we do and stuff like that but we are best friends and Rachel has taught me an awful lot and I feel like she has made me a much better person like both personally and within the business as well so I'm so grateful that I still have the opportunity to work with the best friend and sister. Oh I have to be nice back. (laughs) Yeah no honestly like we are best friends but I think surely like everyone who has a sister or a brother knows but we do obviously argue a lot like it's we're not always nice to each other definitely all the time (laughs) so I think it's just important to like know that you can just be honest with one another which is important in a business partner yeah it really is isn't it I think also you mean you touched upon it saying you went to an all-girls school and there was a big focus on stem so maths and science but then obviously you had the heavy influence of your grandmother Teresa with the creative side of things and you were 14 years old, is that right, Rachel? Yeah, I feel old now, yeah, like 10 <laughs> years ago now. <laughs> yeah, you, 14. You came up with the idea for Caro. And yeah. Was it with your grandmother? Was she, was she the inspiration? And you just thought, I can marry these two fields or genres I'm really interested in. Tell us more about how that idea came to fruition and also what it is ultimately, for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah, so I was 14. I was studying for my GCSEs at the time, so I was in year 10. 
And my two favourite subjects were maths. I'd always loved maths. And I also loved art as well. So I was studying from a GCSEs. And for my art project, I decided because I was completely obsessed with fashion and for anybody who knows about the Trafford Centre which is a big shopping centre we live just around the corner from there so much to my mum's dismay I used to drag around the shops at that age and um, yeah very dangerous yeah, I'm still recovering now I think and um, so I used to go to Trafford Centre completely loved clothes so this was going on in my head so I asked for the help of my nana in creating a dress for my art project and I guess you kind of don't really cover it in school, like you make a bag or you make a hat or something. And she just taught me about the process of making a dress. So I fell completely in love with the process of it. And also because it was a different time when my nana grew up, she'd talk about how important it was that a clothes fits to the individual and how important it was because she used to go around, you know, car boot sales and lots of reuse fabrics. So it's all going on in my head. And then I used to also, this is where the bickering comes in with Laura, <laughs> but I used to always steal her clothes as part of being a little sister. But I was always like a bit bigger on top because obviously I was 14 and my body was changing. Um, and Laura also has cystic fibrosis. So it means that she has like a bigger rib cage than maybe like I would or, you know, your weight fluctuates as yeah. well, doesn't it? So this was going on in my head. So I used to try it dresses on and it used to not fit me basically or I'd want to have sleeves. And then going back to, I guess, the old girls school, it was about the age where you start, you know, going shopping for the first time without any parental supervision. So we'd be in the changing rooms with my friends. And then I'd hear like my friends saying, oh, I wish I was a bit taller or, you know, as awful as it is, I wish I was a bit slimmer or I wish I was this, I wish I was that because the clothes weren't fitting to them. So this is all going on in my head. And I just kind of thought in that moment, like, I don't want any young girl or any woman to ever feel like she has to change herself to fit into clothing. And I think it was just one night when I was like going to sleep, you know, when you're just thinking about things. And then I had the idea for the dress. It was kind of like, I guess they call it a light bulb moment. We're entrepreneurs or anybody really. So then I grabbed like my Harry Potter notebook, which my best friend Heather from school had got me for my 14th birthday and I just scribbled the dress down and that was it really and then I told you didn't I love yeah. and then we were like why has no one done it before like we need to do this and that was it It was kind of one of those things that you're like I just have to do it and there's not really any other option no. <laughs> um, so what is the idea <laughs> you probably <laughs> say that so the crow dress so it has a hidden zip around the waist which means you can separate the dress into a top and a skirt. They can wear them separately and then you can mix and match them to create different style combinations. Like, for example, at the moment, Laura's wearing like a sleeveless midi dress and I'm wearing like a sleeved skater dress so we could swap them around. And then you can also have a different size top to bottom. So if you're like a size 12 on top and a 10 on the bottom, it always fits to you. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise of it. But it's taken us many years to get bring the dress to life. Yeah. But that's where the idea came from, really. It's described as luxury ethical fashion and looking at it online, it's very classic, isn't it? The styles, they are slightly different, like you say, skater skirts and things like that. But it is very classic styles, isn't it? So it is what women want. And the people that you have as your testimonies in the public realm, they are going to events or they're just going to the office. And it's trying to make, is it like a new level of femininity, I guess? It's what every woman wants, but if you've got bigger boobs or you've got a bigger bum or you've got bigger thighs or whatever, it's trying yeah. to make you feel comfortable all over and fitting it to that size. 
Yeah, oh, I love that kit. I'll steal that one, I think. Um, yeah, so I think someone we spoke to recently was saying it's like a dress for every moment in your day. So you might have different moments. And we recently did, oh, it was two years ago now. <laughs> it's going too quick. But we did a dress for, you know, the Pankhurst Centre in Manchester to celebrate 100 years since women gained the right to vote. So we created a bespoke dress for that exhibition. And when I was writing about it, the dress looks quite you know it's traditional it's classic we want it to be those styles that every woman wants in the wardrobe but with the hip and zip around the waist it's kind of bringing the old and the new together and showing how you can innovate with the I guess the classic and also as women as well we change all the time personally we have different needs we're doing so much now and you really need a dress that adapts with you and celebrates that so that's really what the essence of the dress is about really and I think it's also about taking a stand as well because over 90% of women are a different size top to bottom and we want to create a brand that's all about equality and diversity like why should you have to pay more for a dress if you're a certain size or you know if you don't fit into something like why should you need to feel less because of that so that's really what we want the dress to represent such a fantastic idea oh thank you (laughs) launching your own business in itself is is hard enough but taking a fashion idea from what I know and what I've heard and what you see within the fashion market how did you go about that and also is there anyone is there a moment or a person or something that stands out for you as giving you your first big break or insight into what you were doing because I can imagine there must have been many times when you're thinking like what are we doing how are we gonna move this forward and sustain it yeah I think obviously because we were young when we came up with the idea and like how I mentioned you know before about the upbringing like starting a business was such a foreign concept to Mm. us wasn't it Laura like we didn't have a clue where to start and we just felt a bit lost really but we were so passionate that we wanted to do it and also not coming from a fashion background I think was quite challenging because you don't have that established network Mm. and also I think but in a good way I'm kind of grateful because I feel like I was quite naive to be honest because I was like it can be done it can be done and ultimately we did prove it could be done but I think if we maybe would have had more experience we've had people who have worked in the fashion industry say oh why bother doing that because it's too different like just stick to what's being done so I think that's been a good learning curve Mm. hasn't it and it's been I think anybody who's listening who's kind of had an idea that's a bit different I think you also hit many obstacles and I think determination's been key and not giving up and whenever we do something we always try and take it back to when we had the first idea and just keep that belief but I think like you said one person I think the first one for me is when I told Laura the idea 10 years ago because having somebody who obviously she's my sister but having someone who believed in your idea as much as you did I think can really give you confidence did it take much convincing or not um, no, I think <laughs> as soon as Rachel told me, we were just like, right, this is it, this is what we're doing, nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't grind you down, did I? <laughs> My mum took a bit more convincing because she's very risk averse, so she was like, oh, mm. just get, you know, a steady job. And then I think my nana would be another one when she believed in us to show us dressmaking and do whatever she could to help. I think also, like, I don't know if you know Rachel Riley who presents Countdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
like three years ago we met her at well countdown and i told her the idea she has just been absolutely amazing ever since and she's just helped us without any personal gain and just been absolutely amazing so i think because she was one of the first people i think she was the first person who kind of told the idea to outside of our family i think just having somebody who believes in the idea is just like really life-changing and then I'd probably say more recently, Simone Roche, MBE well, now, she founded, oh, could go on all day, I'm sorry, because <laughs> I was super quiet. Um, she got her MBE in November 2018, and we were able to make a dress for that, as well as Marnie Millard, OB, who runs Vimto. So I think before that, we hadn't made any bespoke dresses, and for them to say yes and believe in us to do that. And obviously, Pinky's been absolutely amazing. Mm. But I think every single person we've met who's kind of given us any time, it just means the world, really, because people are so busy nowadays. And for people to even, you know, say, even if they like something on Twitter or to just say, like, well done, it just means the world, especially when we've been dreaming about it for so yeah. long. <laughs> so I'd say, like, every single person, really. Yeah. You mentioned Pinky there. How did you first hear about the Woman of the Future programme and how did you get involved? How are you part of it? So I think we must have saw it first on social media because I think if you get recommended like a particular profile because obviously we're really passionate about gender equality Mm. and looking for incredible role models. So I think we made a note of it to know when the nominations open because obviously we've been lucky enough to meet incredible people so we kept an eye on the nominations so we were able to nominate people and then we ended up I think Katie from the Women of Future team who's obviously absolutely amazing as well contacted us saying did you know about Women of the Future and then we're lucky enough to be shortlisted in the entrepreneur category in the Women of the Future Awards 2019 so the last awards and it's honestly been life-changing hasn't it like everyone's been so nice obviously and so wonderful and so talented and so generous so I just can't thank them enough really. I think as a network of people it's so inclusive and welcoming and friendly because I hate personally hate networking but I remember the yeah. first event I went to it was it was dead easy it was like walking into a room full of friends and people that were just really approachable were listening would share advice if they didn't know something they would connect you with someone who did it was just such a nice forum for that kind of thing and I think also I would imagine for yourselves starting up a business and trying to get traction and people to be advocates for your brand and also help you in a myriad of different ways that's invaluable really isn't it yeah it's honestly like you said it's just been life-changing I think from going back to talk about the upbringing we'd never known anybody who had run a business before and we've really had to go out there you know speak to people and we could never dream of meeting the type of people that we've been able to meet through women of the future so we're just like eternally grateful for that really have you had help through the prince's trust as well yes so um when was that may 2018 yeah yeah so we completed the enterprise course which is like a three-day program where they teach you about everything from setting up a business so the finance everything really don't they and then we launched it through their platform in february 2019 and then we're extremely lucky was it november last year Mm -hmm. that we got to be well we still are princess trust young ambassadors so really really grateful and extremely lucky to be able to be part of that yeah, I think it's just an amazing honor, like being mm. Women of the Future ambassadors. Mm. I think to have that badge that 
somebody else believes in you just makes the world a difference. And it means also you can pay it forward, can't you? So anyone who finds themselves in the situation you guys were in, you can go back to them with advice and support and guidance. Yeah, I think that's the best feeling. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think we probably do that more than <laughs> anything else. I just love speaking to people and like everyone at Women of the Future, if you can help in any way, like why wouldn't you? So I think that's been amazing to be able to do that. And how have you guys found the pandemic? I mean, obviously you live together, so that's helpful, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so you're shielding at the moment, yeah, right? so yeah. we've all been shielding together. I think we're obviously so lucky that we have each other and we're able to stay at home because I know it's like such a privilege to be able to stay at home, so we're really grateful for that. But I think because at the moment we're in the middle of reassessing where we want to go, like we're looking for a factory, for example. So I think in that way, it kind of gave us a nice space to think. Yeah. Because at the moment we have, and we're still going to carry on working with them, but we have dressmakers and pattern cutters who are locally in Manchester called Barbara and Jackie, who have been with us for three years. And they're just so incredibly talented, have just been absolutely amazing yeah. support for us. So they're still able to work, which is brilliant. But I think it kind of got us thinking how we didn't want anybody else to feel alone. So that's why we've launched Which Pinky has been incredible in supporting this Closer Through Kindness campaign. Mm. Where we're asking people to kind of tag people or share somebody who's been kind, you know, so they don't feel as alone. So I think it's just what we wanted to do because we know we are so lucky to be able to stay at home. So that's been our focus during the pandemic at the moment. Sounds amazing. Oh, right. <laughs> I have some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> what would you describe as your greatest success? I think for us both was yeah. when we first tried on the first prototype of the pro dress. Like it looks a lot different than it was now. But I think after so many years of people saying it couldn't be done, it was just the best feeling, wasn't it? When yeah. we finally got to try it on. So I'd say that was both oh, of us brilliant and it must have been such an amazing feeling after working so hard towards something to see it all come to life. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially when a lot of people said it can't be done. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and your greatest failure? Ooh, we're trying to think about this. Yeah. I think both of us are like perfectionists. So I think our greatest failure, in a way it's been good because you kind of like are aiming for the best. But in a way I think it's held us back, hasn't it, being yeah. perfectionist. So say our greatest failure is being perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing when to stop, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever learn that. But <laughs> the mantra of the women of the future is kindness and collaboration. What does that mean to you in both your personal and professional lives? I think we were saying, I guess how what I said before is like helping somebody else selflessly, so not for your own gain, and taking a chance on people who don't normally have a chance taken on. And I think that's something that women of the future do so beautifully. They don't care who you are or what you've done. They'll always support you and take a chance on you. And I think collaboration is helping others by being kind. So I think that was what I'd say. Would you yeah, agree, Laura? definitely. I find it really interesting how in society kindness is often perceived as the weakness, particularly within business or the working environment. And yeah, it is the complete antithesis of that, really, if you get it right. Yeah, especially like I think in the Power of Kindness report, you know, that produced Women of the Future, which is absolutely amazing read. But they were saying kindness is so important when you go for a hard time or it's a difficult situation. Like that's the thing that kind of brings everyone together. So I think it's so important to remember that.
Is there anything that scares you? Oh, probably, I think our mum would probably say tidiness. It's <laughs> 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 going mad. Um, I think, oh, I'm trying to think how to word it, because you know how I mentioned we had the idea 10 years ago, mm. and we kind of had that belief that you can achieve anything if you work hard enough, and it's always something we've tried to embody, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But I think we're kind of scared of, like, the day which we hope never comes but that you stop believing that because I think that's something that's kept us going hasn't it oh, yeah, definitely. and so I think that's what scares us but hopefully it won't happen <laughs> what's left on your to-do list and what's next for the business as well yeah so the mission of Corot has always been to have a diverse range of role models from all over the world wearing Corot so that's what we ultimately want to achieve and to help as many people as possible as we can so in terms of what's next for the business well at the moment we're doing the close through kindness campaign and we're also making tp as well with the local scrub hub and emergency designer network so that's our main focus at the moment but i think next is kind of scaling the business so hopefully we can do that <laughs> it's a bit yeah. more back to normal how are you operating at the moment then people put in orders through your website and you cater to them or is it a bit more complicated than that no that's exactly right so and um, you place the order through the website and then Jackie and Barbara make up the dress and then we post it to you so we're going to carry on doing that but we're just looking for a factory as well so we can produce more dresses obviously sustainably yeah. so that's our plan next can I ask you about the ethical side as well? What do you, yeah, mean, what do you mean by that? Because ethical can be all-encompassing or it can be none of those things. So what does that mean to you guys? I'd say sustainability and ethical, we kind of think of it as one. Mm. So in terms of the dresses, they're all made using end-of-roll fabric. So we're using up access fabric. Mm. And it's from a supplier in Portugal who's really committed to sustainability. And they also like support the next generation like through a local university. So everyone we work with are all committed to sustainability as well. So we have like recycled, recycled packaging and the linings, for example, from SC certified. Yeah. Um, so like they replant trees and everything like that. So from that side with the dress, we try and be as sustainable producing as possible. Obviously, we don't want to produce thousands of them. And then we also support charities and do volunteering. So I think that's where like the ethical side comes through. From the beginning, we've always wanted to have like a positive impact on people, planet and animals. So that's kind of what sustainability and ethics means to mm -hmm. us. So on a personal level, what's left on your own to-do lists? Want to go skydiving or I don't know. Oh no! Travel <laughs> the world when you can. Oh, I think oh, as, one, I think as many dogs as possible. Yeah. Be on, like, <laughs> a personal goal, and then obviously traveling would be amazing. But I think as many dogs as possible. Yeah. <laughs> would be nice. You've got, you got two at the minute, did you say? Yeah, yeah. I've only got two. I think we'll have to move out to get more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I just think, like you said, like just making sure you help as many people as possible is like the main thing. So, yeah, I agree. It's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank thanks you. so much, Kim. It's been wonderful to speak thank to you. you. Yeah. And thanks for all the incredible things you do as well. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Women of the Future podcast. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a rating and review? You know you want to. 
For more about the Women of the Future Awards, network and initiative, please visit www.womenofthefuture.co.uk. See you soon. Bye.